Hi, I'm Trevor Frank for Wedding Planner Extraordinaire, and you're listening to Wedding Confessions, the podcast where I bring back my newlywed couples to talk all about the good, the bad, the pretty, and sometimes the ugly that has to do with planning their weddings. From family drama, to vendors who don't show up, to dresses that break, and food that's served rotten, it's all here, and everyone has something to confess. Today's panel discussion, I have three of the most sought-after vendors in the wedding industry with me today. My name's Sam Fleming of Evolved Entertainment. Some people know me as F-Sharp, and I like to jockey discs and master ceremonies. Jockey discs (laughs) and master ceremonies. Okay, all right. Twisted some words. I am Nadia. I'm a wedding photographer for Purple Tree Photography. Heavily involved in the studio work, photography, editing, um, and been in the industry for almost 14 years. And I'm Teddy, the marrying lady. I think that's kind of obvious what I do. Yeah, I marry people. I'm an officiant. I must say I love your name, (laughs) the marrying lady. (laughs) Right (laughs) to the point. point. (laughs) Yeah, you, you know exactly what you're getting when you look up Teddy on the internet. Today, I want to talk about parents of the couples that we work with. There are so many different types of parents out there. When I got married, my parents were so excited. They handed me a check and they said, do whatever you want. Throw the wedding of your dreams, use it for a down payment on a house. Whatever you want to do with this money, we trust that you're going to do something that makes your heart happy. You are spoiled. (laughs) Well, I didn't tell you how much they gave me. Oh, just kidding. They were very generous. <laughs> but they also said to me that we're, we're going to take a step back in hopes that you involve us however you want to involve us. And I thought that was so cool. My parents are fucking awesome. I'll say that a hundred times over, probably more like a million times over. But there's parents out there that, so there's three types of parents. There's the type of parents that are like my parents that just, they want to, they want to, you to be happy. They want their kids to just throw a celebration and they offer up some money. They step back. There's the parents that still want to be involved. They, they give money and they put some parameters on it. Like we just, we want to be involved in the flowers or we want to be involved in the music or whatever they want to be involved in. But then there's parents that are giving a ton of money and they don't give the kids any say in what happens on their own wedding day. I wonder why that happens. Why do you think parents take over the wedding when they're financially supporting this special day for their children? I honestly feel like a lot of the times even uh, we have parents that want a lot of involvement even when they're an older couple because they've been picturing their son or daughter's wedding for their entire life. As soon as they were born, this is the plan that I have for them. Especially, okay, they're going to be doctors, they're going to be lawyers, they're going to do this, they're going to get married, they're going to have this amount of kids. And they're the ones that are driving them through their life. And so they're thinking that this wedding is theirs. It's like their opportunity. Ding, ding, ding. That was the answer I was looking for. And a lot of the time, that's exactly what's happening. They didn't get the wedding of their dreams. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to force their kids to have the wedding of their dreams, not the kids' dreams, the parents' dreams, the, the, the wedding that they never got for themselves. I just wanted to back up to the three parenting styles because um, I actually, through music, went to a Bachelor of Education at, for K-6, to and they get deep into the, f- the four parenting styles. So you've got permissive, like you had permissive parents um, that are 
I'm just looking at a little graph because I forgot the I forgot the uh, fourth kind. But you've got demanding are the ones that enforce limits. So you've got authoritative and authoritarian. But then the ones that don't enforce limits are like your parents were permissive, and the other ones are uninvolved. So some some of them are sensitive and responsive, and other ones are stern and aloof. So it you know you've got ones that are authoritative, like they they're in control, but they're also you know, sensitive and that's kind of the parent I try to be is authoritative, but not authoritarian, okay. which is like dictator and then doesn't enforce limits is like permissive. Like your parents like helped you out, but didn't, but let you do your own thing. And then the other one is where they're just absent, like having a smoke before. So there's actually, it's kind of like an XY grid or if you took a square and then broke it down into four smaller squares and then each parent probably could, they might even be two different parenting styles in the parenting choice. Like often maybe the mother is a bit more demanding and the father is a bit more permissive for example that's great and i've i've kind of seen that like it's funny by by going to school for being a teacher it's helped me l- just understand some more psychology of dealing with people and somebody who's awesome at this is this woman uh, vicky musney who's from reno and i've met her going to conferences in vegas and she breaks it down to the four kind of personality types not like zodiac signs but there's four and they're the primary colors. Yellow and red are the very outwardly going people. And green and blue are the more Microsoft Excel home on the couch. <laughs> and a yellow, you'll notice a yellow from across the room like, hey. Whereas reds are much more controlling. They'll come over. They'll assert themselves. They won't. You won't see them, but they'll very much let their presence be felt. Blues are very reserved and kind of mousy. And greens are the hardest to spot because they'll act like whoever they're with. But they're almost like a blue. They'll want to be home. And quiet so I, I was just thinking kind of like about the three parenting styles but then Vicki Musney is really cool she's written a whole bunch of books about when you're dealing with clients or parents like quickly trying to identify if they're yellow red oh, or blue this. and then having different language and tools to to kind of listen to the words they're saying and regurgitate it to show that you're you're you get them oh I like that a lot yeah and so do you think or does she tell you that these people are like this in all aspects of their lives or is it certain events or situations that bring out that kind of color yeah i guess i guess your personalities could be more amplified in an emotional time um but that any one of us could be dominant say i know that i'm dominant yellow but i have traits of red um so we all might you know even like your zodiac sign like there's your ascending and descending and all that like moon is in scorpio or whatever like so it's a it's by large like sagittarians will act like this but whether depending on where you are do you know about the zodiac? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for I sure. Definitely, there are traits. There are traits, and I'm a red. I've done the personality. It's helpful, isn't it? You know what's so weird? You two, you're both wearing red glasses. We are. And you just said you're part red. Yeah. What's that all about? Great minds think alike. Exactly. You're just <laughs> advertising. Fool, which seldom differ. Wow. It would be funny though if you were to actually. Uh, Say when you fill out your application for me to be your vendor, uh, please include your zodiac, your zodiac sign. sign. Can you imagine? And what parenting style your parents are going to yeah, be? What, <laughs> yeah, I, I know how to ask those questions because I want to know. That's one thing I didn't. I don't necessarily put people in a box label or color, but I can kind of tell the their personality and I adjust how I describe things and how I use my language for these people and it's actually one of the reasons why I loved wedding photography in general or just weddings in general so many different personality types so many different people so many people with different backgrounds and how you interact with them it's all going to be different it's fascinating to me it is fascinating I worked a wedding with a mother who was 
biggest micromanager that I've ever worked with before. So this woman was involved with everything because she was paying. On the day of the wedding, she told the venue coordinators that anything that's happening, she wants to know about it, which is so opposite of why people normally hire a wedding planner is so that they kind of field out any problems or any situations that need attending to. This woman wanted to be involved. And I took her aside and I said, are you sure? Like, it's your daughter's wedding day. Like, why don't you just go enjoy, get your hair and makeup done. Like, just chill out. She said, no, I want to know what my money is being spent on and where it's going. Okay, great. Trust issues. Such trust issues. What color is that? That's probably a blue. They're very dominant. They, they're not as keen on uh, being people pleasers. They're keen on details and being in control. And this is based on ancient Greek. Like there's dogmatic, phlegmatic. I can't remember what they're all called, but they're, there's four characteristics that come from Greek and Roman times. It's based on that. And they've dumbed it down to the colors. Yeah. So check this out. So this was uh, a, a Jewish wedding and it was kosher. The mother was approached and was told that they forgot to order kosher champagne and we were supposed to have a champagne toast. And without coming to the mother with a solution, without talking to me to create a solution to this problem, which there was a very easy solution, and we'll get to that in a second, the mother lost her shit. She... So this poor little 12-year-old girl, I, I say she's 12 because she was just very young and was in no position to, to deal with a person in this um, f- frame of mind. This is a bar mitzvah. No, this is a wedding. Is, what, 12-year-old girl? I mean, she wasn't really 12. I'm just saying the venue oh, coordinator gosh. was very young okay, and, and didn't know how to handle. Okay. The server was too okay. young. Yes. <laughs> rather young. So she came to the mother and said, we don't have any champagne. We don't have any kosher champagne, but we have ginger ale to serve your guests. And mother went ballistic. She, I have never seen someone turn so red so fast and mouth open so wide to scream at the top of her lungs, oh belittled God. this poor little child. Uh, she's probably really like 20 something, but it's just funnier to call her a child. Cause she just like retracted and <laughs> was like almost in tears. I didn't know what was going on. I was on the other side of the venue and heard the <laughs> screeching and came out to find out what was going on and almost had to like hold the mother back. It looked like she was going to take a swig at this. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but when you play it in it's your head again, now. it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. um, so I said, what's going on? What's happening? Like, let's take breaths. What, what, what just transpired? And the, the kid told me what happened. And I said to the mom, I said, okay, you need to go to have a smoke, uh, relax. I'm going to handle this. You don't need to know about this kind of stuff. And this is exactly why I didn't want you to know about this kind of stuff. Go chill out. There will be kosher champagne at your wedding. This is at three o'clock in the afternoon. We all know LCBOs are open till at least what? Five, six, maybe on a Saturday, maybe even 10. I don't know, but they're open past three o'clock. So the simple solution for me was get somebody in a, goddamn car and go pick up the fucking champagne like you've got time fix this don't come to us with a problem like this and so she said do you have someone we can send no no i don't know why they would throw themselves under the bus like it's obviously a venue where they don't overtrain their staff and uh, it should remain nameless it will remain nameless but i i just feel that 
this girl was not trained properly and should have talked to somebody else when she probably recognized that there wasn't any champagne and thought the best thing to do was to tell the mom because she wants to be so involved and she'd be some kind of a hero. You know how people think. They don't know what they're yeah. thinking half the time. She learned her lesson. Boy, did she ever. Yeah. And we got the kosher champagne and we had the toast. Mom popped a Xanax or whatever she needed, had her smoke. And I said to her, you are no longer allowed to be a part of these kinds of conversations. Like I want you to now enjoy the rest of the day. Go get dressed, go take some pictures. Let, let, let Trevi take care of it. He's, I, I got you covered. And the rest of the time she was good. It's like, en- enjoy the ride. You don't need to look under the hood. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I had this conversation the other day about, um, the, the type of people that want are like micromanaging, want to know every little detail in advance of the wedding when you're planning, those types of people. A lot of the times when you actually get on the wedding day, those people are so much more relaxed. Totally. Because they know every little thing that's going on. They're not questioning. They're not stressing out. They, they, they're trusting that all the pieces are falling into place. Whereas sometimes the opposite, when they're just like, oh, whatever, it's all good. Just, I, I trust you. Sometimes those people on the actual wedding day are the ones that are the most stressed out and the, the ones that are the, the highest vibrations of what's going, what's going on on the wedding day because they haven't really fully thought proce- had the thought process for each step, right? Do you find that? I find what happens now, what I've learned with dealing with these different styles of parents is... I figure out a way to connect with them on a different level prior to the event so that they are in full trust of me. And when they arrive that day, they're saying, we know you're here. We know you got this. And they have no need to worry. And that's the best. That's it. Yeah. There was a, a couple that I was working with and the mother was heavily involved. It's always the mothers, never the dads somehow. That's but true. The, the mother We found about a week before the wedding, we got or I got an email from our florist with a new invoice for the wedding. And I looked at it as I always do just to make sure the math adds up and everything makes sense. And I noticed that everything was changed. All the flower choices, the colors, even the centerpiece style, the arch that was going to be for the ceremony it had different descriptions than the ones that we agreed on six months ago when we met with the florist. So I called the florist and and asked, did you send us the wrong invoice? And she said, no, the mother was just here this morning and she changed it all. Did you all not know about this? I called the couple. Couple had no idea. The mother took control of the design of the wedding and changed everything. And the couple was in shock. The mistake was that the florist wasn't supposed to send it to me. She was supposed to send it to the mother only. And we wouldn't have even known about this until the flower showed up on the day of the wedding. If this error didn't occur, we should call this episode strings attached. (laughs) (laughs) And so like what I, 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 like, I, I, I have no words for this situation that I was in. How do you deal with a situation like this? Do you go, the kids did not like this new style for their wedding, but the mother was paying. So what do you decide on? Do you have to go with what the mother changed? Or do you listen to the kids and do what the kids want because it's their wedding? Well, so guess what happened? That's why I'm glad I'm in the DJ booth. In yeah, second. you can hide. You have what to. The mother got her way. Most of the time, I would assume in these situations, if the mother is like that, that the couple would just be like, not worth the argument over it. 
sure. <laughs> is that how it really went? Instead of just the mom got her way, the couple is just like not worth it. It's not just the parents that get that have those different personality traits and they're demanding or micromanaging or they're passive. There's also the parents that just have too much fun at the wedding. Too much fun meaning they take advantage of the open bar. And there's open an open mic. And an open mic. So I I've had a couple of situations where mom passed out in the bathroom. She was so drunk and we had to send people in because she had to still do a speech. (laughs) And whose idea was it to still send her up to do that speech? Best speech ever. Oops. (laughs) But this is what happens. You get, you don't get to see any of this. I don't get to see that. Because you're gone by this point. I need to see that. But But so have you ever seen a speech when you're shooting a wedding where it's a little inappropriate? hundred percent. But definitely the slurring, the eyes closed, the, it's just it's just the cringe. But you know what? Half the other guests, they're, they're, they're talking on kick the same level, it. so it's okay. And isn't it funny <laughs> to look at... Do you ever take pictures of the couple's reactions to the speech? Yes. Is and, it often and like sometimes, heads down? Sometimes the other parents, the so like say it's the parents of the groom, the parents of the bride, are definitely... You know, face palming a little bit. You see people like whispering. You hear people whispering, like they need to go. Um, definitely, definitely a lot of drunk speeches. But what about this? Game. Parents, in-laws that don't get along, and it's they try hard to get along, don't they? Have you seen that? Oh yeah, one one recently. It was the dad was making a big deal about his girlfriend that was there, and it was like, oh come on, like you're making this about you to his ex-wife. Well, just the playing up like myself and my girlfriend, this person. It's like you, you could just leave it vague. And that was another situation. Actually, this was th- another wedding that you and I worked together, Nadia, was where the parents were divorced and r- the son wanted to have his parents walk him down the aisle. They refused to walk in a line oh. of three because they hated each other so much. This just drives me wild. So we had to wild. come up with a new plan to have them all get down the aisle at some point with their son, but never at the same time. When they make it about themselves and not about the reason why we're here as these two people. That is exactly the point I was... I had a really lovely one recently, though, where there was eight parents at it, and they'd all remarried, and, and they all talked about bonus parents and bonus... Like, she was marrying into a, a guy who was second marriage, and it was just total love and they just talked about bonus parents bonus kids and all that kind of stuff and that's beautiful and i love when that happens too and that's happened yes i've been a part of weddings that that the situation is they're all divorced they're all happy they love each other but to be honest nobody listening to this podcast wants to hear about the good stories sorry okay i got can i talk can we talk about why speeches should be called toasts and we should never refer to them as speeches oh again? or roasts okay roast yeah it has no place at a wedding toast the, the whole thing with speeches is nobody's gonna ever say that speeches were too long or there wasn't enough speeches they should be called toasts because you're supposed to put the couple on a pedestal so i'm at this wedding at jw well i'll say it's a marriott up north in muskoka and 350 people they must have blown 100 150 grand on this wedding no problem that's fine they're all doctors everybody in the building was a doctor and uh she's chinese but canadian and he's caucasian dude and the father was from china but he spoke well enough english she gave a speech and he's talking about the nanny had just passed and the nanny had raised up uh, the bride and the bride was uh, going to make a great mother and uh, a great uh 
wife because she took care of the nanny in her final days and the nanny had just passed. Should have stopped there. Everybody's getting served their roast beef. The nanny had incontinence and was coming out of both ends and uh, Melody had to clean up and took care of the nanny in her final days while she was shitting herself to death. Uh, you just saw everybody in the room, like all these super fancy people just go green Gasp. in the face and push their meals <laughs> away. And I'm like, oh, Papa, was that like a three, 20 or $30,000 mistake you just made? So before I used to say, you know, I, I've got control of the wireless mic. I can just pretend the batteries are dead and it's my fault. I'm so sorry and go up and correct the situation. But that's too late. So what I do now is I go to rehearsals and I have, I, I collaborate with them on walk up and walk off songs like at the Blue Jay game where I play a song as they walk up. Not, Smart. To, not to edit their speech and the couples know that I'm, I'm there to be a goalie for classiness if that's important to them. Um, but they email me the speech so it's still private to the couple. But I, you know, 70, 80% of what people say are fine. It's that 10, 20% when they get into the sordid details of the bachelor party or what you know, like bodily fluids, ex-girlfriends, death oh and God. dismemberment. So it's to collaborate on the music and quotations, but really it's to be a goalie for the speech because if they bomb, I still have to pick up the vibe of the party afterwards. I love so, that. So by going to rehearsals now, some officiants or photographer, uh, photographers or planners are like, I've never seen a DJ at a rehearsal before. And I'm like, I'm sick of just walking into a wedding, having introduced people I've never met, and I think that's just a problem with the world today is like everybody's like just doing good enough. Like you're working just hard enough to not get fired and and they're paying you just enough that you don't quit. I love that you go to the rehearsals and take that initiative to be that involved. That's great. Do you know how many times I want to plug the unplug their mics myself? <laughs> just <laughs> yank on the cord or whatever you have to do. You can't do that, though. What's There's your record for the longest speech? The longest speech I thought was 25 minutes, which doesn't seem that long, but it wasn't over at 25 minutes. We thought it was over. He then, this was the father of the groom and was wasted. After the 25 minutes and he was putting the mic down, he picked it back up and said, I want to call each of the groomsmen up to say a few words. 10 groomsmen. And at this point, everybody's so drunk. This is like during dinner, probably closer to dessert. You can't run up and say, no, 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 no. None of the groomsmen were prepared for this. They weren't supposed to make a speech. So now we're going another 25 minutes because they just get up there and start going on rants and they get excited. And now they're getting the spotlight and people are engaging. The bride's face was just, I I still see it in my head. She was mortified by this whole situation. What was your longest? 45 minutes. Jeez. A father of uh, the bride that went through her entire life story. One of those parents that were the ones that booked every single vendor, paid for everything. We didn't even see the face of the couple until the wedding day. They didn't want to meet us. This was like maybe 10 years ago, and I'll never forget it. Seven stages of her life, 45 minutes long. I also had a really funny one where the father of the groom was describing the groom's birth in exquisite detail. Oh, my God. My father-in-law did that to us. <laughs> and I was like, amen, when you said a toast, not a speech. But it's why? It's did- unnecessary. Do it at the rehearsal dinner. Do, do it, like, at a party, like, when the, the family's over, not, not at the wedding. Exactly. Nobody wants to hear it. 
Nobody my, wants to hear the inside jokes. Nobody cares about the stories about them when they were kids. You're right. Let's elevate them and just talk good things, wish them well, 30 seconds, on, off, done. Speech, sorry, toast, over. <laughs> what do you think? Back to those Should we start a new trend? <laughs> totally. Don't call them yep. speeches. And that's, unless speeching is a, like giving speeches is something you guys want to do it's a toast a toast is short and sweet you don't have to get nervous about a toast you don't have to drink it's literally like i love you guys you're going to be great for one another maybe Here's one little anecdotal story let's have a great party but a speech is like nobody's ever said there wasn't enough of them at a wedding or that was too too short of a speech i wish they just talked a little bit longer <laughs> seriously i wish they would have told just three more stories about when they were six years old that would have been awesome that would have made you know this wedding really even better take this party up to another level another speech one more speech <laughs> who's the, who wants it yeah. anyone <laughs> what about those parents that have you ever worked with somebody who in my situation it was they showed up we i didn't meet them until the rehearsal they showed up on the wedding day i'm just the hired help they don't realize the connection that i actually have with the couple and how important my role is for this wedding they just treat me like i'm literally the help and they say things to me like hold my purse <laughs> no. Or, I want my food now. Well, there's a schedule, and the, the kitchen will bring out the food soon. We just have to wait another 20 minutes for all your guests to sit down. No, no. Oh, my God. Why are you yelling at me in front of everybody? Son heard this. His son heard this, came over, and like gave his dad shit for talking to me like that. But there's always those people that just treat me like shit. You got to raise your parents up right, you know, and prepare them for the future. <laughs> yeah. Let them loose into the world, yeah. right? Well, there's also the world that they came from when they got married. I've seen this now as a, as a parent, you know, our parents have very strong opinions of how you should parent, but it's like, you've got old information from a generation so ago. Weird. And there's this thing called the internet that can take you to school on current trends and how people get married now or how people how raise their children deal with now. People. This was my favorite. Uh, I get, I get, I see this snapping their hand. The mother's hand is in the air, snapping at me at the vendor table across the room. So I assume she's doing it to me. So I walk over to her and she says in front of everybody at her table, hello, take a look at this table. What's missing? Okay. This is a fun game. Let's see. What's <laughs> missing? What's missing? Your personality, <laughs> your, your manners, <laughs> Nope. Oh, you don't have a salad, but everybody else does. Yes. So what am I to do with that? Good wow. question. Let me go get you a salad. I am so sorry that your salad didn't come out. She looks at me and she's like, $60,000 on food. Got it. Wow. They brought her a salad. The server made a mistake, skipped her. Although I'm pretty sure it wasn't a mistake. He was probably like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> she probably talked to him like that, too. <laughs> Fuck you and your salad. Anyway, I just don't understand why people treat people that way. Like, kindness, right? Like, let's treat each other the way we want to be treated. I can't even believe I'm saying this because it, this should just be common, common sense. sense. It's just it's just amazing how people get. I had a pair of parents at an engagement party at a fancy rooftop thing. And, and uh, the father got up and he thanked his wife for planning the whole thing, planning all the flowers and the entertainment and the food and everything like that and oh my wife did this and my wife did that isn't she amazing but there's one thing she didn't do pay for it <gasps> and and then the whole room just goes silent like nobody laughs he thinks he's gonna get a big laugh out of it because he's got to like 
you know, and then, oh, honey, would you like to say anything? No, you've said quite enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's like people are so close, and that's why I just I want to work with them, meet them ahead of time, and just coach them on what you do and don't do. And, like, let me actually go over your speech because I actually want you to win. Like, the whole point of this is to bring family to together and not make these irreparable in-law walls that totally. you're never going to breach. And if you want to build a relationship with one another, with your family, who else is going to know that other than the love doctor DJ has heard all the crappy routines before? Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think that's where it's a good lesson for us as vendors to actually check in with the couples to say, Always. Um, will there be any issues, concerns with your parents? You know, how, how best to manage them? Um, I've had couples give me the heads up before a rehearsal, just to say, my mom is very traditional. She's got a lot of opinions. She's going to have a lot of ideas. And, and at that point, I'm like, thank you. Now I know that. I know what I'm going into. And so as soon as I get there, the rehearsal, everyone gathered together. Just so you know, they're being charged by the hour. So I'm going to have you say nothing for the first bit. We're going to go through it and then answer your questions at the end. And by the time that I'm done going through it, I've already answered a lot of their questions. And so they don't suck the air. It's out of perfect. It. Yeah. And these stories that I'm telling and that you're sharing in with me today are realistically like like not even 5% of the couples and clients that I work with. These are these are stories that are just I remember them because they're a really funny or b like so unbelievable that they just have to be told. And that's Absolutely. the that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to tell entertaining stories and not to be bitching about them, but to tell them because they're funny and people want to hear them. So, I love parents. I love my parents. I love the parents that I get to work with most of the time, but in in, in reality I get it. Their emotions are high. They're spending a lot of money. But any parents that are listening to this, maybe you've learned something from this podcast and you might change the way that you deal with your children or the people that you or they have hired because we're all in it for the same reason. We want to make your kids happy too. And we want to make you happy. And sometimes it's just you're, you make it very difficult. So let's just work together and have fun Make the world a better place. And make the world a better place. Amen. Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Amen. So thank you to the three of you for being here. I really appreciate your time and your input and your stories. I value you as vendors. I love when I get the chance to work together, but sometimes it's not possible because you're also fucking busy that you're booked on the days that I need you. But we will work together again. I don't doubt it. Thank you for being here. And please don't forget to subscribe and like and share this podcast and tell me any of the stories that you have about anything that had to do with your wedding that you might think would start up a fun conversation between us. Thank you so much for listening and uh, listen again next week for another new episode. Thanks, Trev. Thank you, Trev. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.